0: we
1: We are back up here on the Michigan Insider Sports Talk 1050, WTKA online at WTK.com, Sam Webb. Mr. Ira Tribe on the other side, and the MGO Blog Roundtable crew for the MGO Blog Roundtable, our Sands, Mr. MGO Blog himself, Brian Cook, this morning because he was taken out by Icepocalypse, or I should say his power. Let me be clear his power was knocked out by the ice, the ice storm that fell upon Ann Arbor. In Washington County last night, so no Brian Cook today, but uh his partners are with us this morning. Starting off with Mr. Seth Fisher. Seth, good morning. How are you?
0: Good morning. Smartly last night I went out and shoveled my driveway of all that like slush that was on it. So I'm the only one who oh. doesn't have like two inches thick of ice out there right now. All
1: right, so you got kids ice skating through the neighborhood then probably uh, today.
0: They, they really are. There's a like hill. We live like kind of on a hill, so like they're they're using the street not very wisely because it's, you know, nine in the morning on a work day, but they're using the street as like <laughs> they're sliding down their butts. It's cute.
1: All right. And of course, <laughs> Mr. Craig Ross, Craig, how are you?
2: Also known as uh the agent for J Fred Muggs, He's available for, you know, parties of various sorts just contact me i can probably find jay fred the uh i you know i i read today that uh uh andrew luck just signed with the jets is this a joke have you heard this
1: andrew luck as a player yeah that as that as a coach i hadn't seen that uh, you know i i would have thought this was a
2: uh, april fools thing you know, I was waiting to see Willie Heston just signed with someone. But the uh but I got a note saying that Andrew Luck just signed with the Jets, so I don't know.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, I hadn't seen that one. Haven't I it's not in
2: the news wire right now. It's not in the newswire. Someone's just jerking me around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so
1: Yeah, I mean they're they're trying for Aaron Rodgers, man. Uh, there's a huge push to get to get Aaron or to would be interesting. I want to see it just to see him deal with the New York media. I mean, oh that, my goodness. that would be worth the, the price of admission, yeah. but guys uh, let's, let's rewind the tape a bit to last weekend. Um, you know, the, uh, the atmosphere inside Chrysler was different and rightfully so, uh, as it was the only time uh, in my experience uh, in the Michigan, Michigan state rivalry, where you could truly say, uh, you know, it wasn't about the game. It wasn't about the rivalry. It was about, uh, you know, both, both programs kind of taking note, and the fans really realizing that there's something bigger than the game at play. Uh, last weekend, I thought it was. Uh, I thought that atmosphere that was set, that tone that was set uh, by Michigan was outstanding. Uh, and Tom Izzo has been meeting the moment. Uh, in in a leadership perspective, I, I just thought it. it it struck a lot of appropriate notes last week, Seth.
0: Yeah, I you know sports is always trying to figure out its spot in these little in 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 these moments because you know what happens and then what how how do people react and like you know then we get into the question of like what public policy should follow this and and that you know how where how far can sports go to say what they want to say and what's its role because it's really just kind of a fun thing that we're doing right like let's. We're going out and playing, and it's, can it be a break? Is a break good, like bringing people together? But, you know, the tenor of this rivalry has gotten worse in the last, you know, maybe 10 years. It got a lot worse than it's ever been, I think, before. Maybe maybe back in, in Craig time, it was, it was different. And I think it, um, it was good to see that despite the tenor online, that the real feelings came out. And the real feeling is this. The, my favorite sign I think I've seen in Chrysler in years is the guy holding a um, who crossed out little and wrote, Love you, brother. Because, you know, the, the, the whole little brother thing is taken as like a, a as, as nasty. It's like they take it personally. And then I, I love it as a rivalry rip. And I love, you know, we, you eat get into it. Like we love ripping mm-hmm. each other because we're brothers. But when you attack my brother, that's, that's personal. And I think to Michigan fans, and I talked to um, students at uh, in Greg Dooley's class uh, when I went and got to speak there last week. Uh, right after, you know, a couple of days after it happened, and they were um, they were all shocked by it too. They all know somebody at Michigan State, mm-hmm. and that's I, and like I grew up around. You know, my father went to Michigan State. My brother went to Michigan State. Uh, two of my uh, my brother my brother and sister in law went to Michigan State. Like. Everyone around, that's why I talked Michigan so much with you guys. It's like, I got to go blog because everyone around me was a Spartan. And I was like, I need someone to talk Michigan with. And all my friends split to the four Winds, But this, this happened in the house. And Michigan, I thought, met the moment. And I, I, I know I'm going long here, but there was an interesting point that the announcers made, which is one of the reasons Michigan maybe was so good at meeting the moment, because it's not the first time this season – that Michigan played a basketball team after they've been a shooting on their campus. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. You know, we're, we're getting too good at this.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately.
2: Craig, your uh, thoughts. Yeah. I mean, talking about uh, Michigan state back in the 1960s, before you guys were born, uh michigan state played a big football game against notre dame they were the top two teams in the country and it ended up with a tie and i wasn't in college yet but in in lorraine ohio around a bunch of michigan fans we were all rooting for michigan state in that game it wasn't it wasn't even a question and when i came to ann arbor i'd uh, occasionally went to games in East Lansing and I found it to be an incredibly collegial and w- welcoming and warm place. I mean, there wasn't any real Michigan hostility. Yeah. They wanted to win if they were playing us and we wanted to win, win when we were playing them, but I didn't sense any real problems. I mean, it was like now going to Purdue or Iowa, you know, places where people are, People are reasonably welcoming. Penn State is different. Penn State, they have this affirmative sort of action program towards uh, uh, being friendly. I mean, their, their whole point is to be as friendly as possible to visiting teams. And, and I give them credit for yeah, that. Penn and
0: State, Nebraska.
2: Nebraska number one,
0: I would say. Then Penn yeah. State, then Notre Dame.
2: Yeah, and Notre Dame is the same. But something went wrong vis-a-vis Michigan and Michigan State. Uh, I tell a story about the last time I was there. I I was there with a guy, John Fisher, who's a famous, relatively famous local tennis pro, and taught you know some really fine players, excluding me. I was hopeless. And the um, and so we're walking back from a game back out at East Lansing, in a game where. Michigan State had won. We're not bothering anybody. We have Michigan stuff on. We're walking and John is is on a cane because he had diabetes. He's gone now and had lost the lower part of his leg. And we had people throwing full beer bottles at us. Yeah. After it, a game they won. And I don't understand, it, you know, where I this I, came I, from. I
0: know, I know. And like like I said, the tenor of the rivalry, especially on message boards and whatnot, has <laughs> gotten out of hand. I yeah. that's not Going to be fixed or changed by, by one game. What I'm, what I'm, and, and and it should not. Be, they're, they're, those things are not really what re- relative. What I was saying is the real feelings came out. That the that honestly, like you know, for all the there's a couple beer can throwing guys and whatnot, and there's and there are those of us who lob insults on online, but really we live with each other. Right, Michigan fans and Michigan State mm-hmm. fans have been next to each other forever. We've gone to each other's graduations, like you know, yeah. I I've, I've gone to a graduation at Breslin. Like you th- this is we're it's part of our lives. And I think Michigan people um and I say this to my kids all the time. You are responsible for you, right? Your behavior is on on you. So what they act like is not something we have any control over. But the, yeah, so to,
1: this th- guy, yeah. things that I want you guys to, because mm-hmm. you said something a minute ago, Seth, where you know it was different from the tone online, and I guess I didn't know. I, I, I what I noticed, at least on my message board last mm-hmm. week, was that people kind of you know putting that to the side, realizing that there's something something more important that the rivalry is trivial, and I I, I tell mm-hmm. by comparison, I I say all the time, I go back and forth. With with Michigan State, but I don't hate, I don't hate Michigan State. I don't yeah. hate anyone at Michigan no, State. That's it's, the point for me. It's a sport hate. Sports hate is different than real hate. To your point, uh, though, Seth, I do think there are a lot of people, and maybe on both sides, who have like real hatred. I don't know where that sure, comes from. Sure. I don't know when that kind
0: of changed. And sure, and I think the point is that they're not going to change, and the and maybe and the the tenor not going, and that like the the stuff is not going to change. Because of this, and shouldn't and like a shooter killing people on Michigan State's campus should not be anything related to like how you treat people, you know, in, in a rivalry. Those are not really related things, and they and I don't want to to sound like that. What I'm saying is that the real feelings between these fan bases are the same, regardless of that. That you're talking about a segment of the port but fan base, or like you know, sometimes people act out differently than their true nature online Mm -hmm. we've seen that happen before right that but like the this showed how it really is that's all i'm saying that like underlying all of that okay that if something were that something happens to michigan state michigan fans feel like it happened to us not like it happened if it happened to purdue i don't think you would have the same reaction right you know and when it happened in virginia you know we were empathetic and we tried to do what we could but like there was there wasn't this feeling like this was an attack inside the house. This felt like an attack inside the house to Michigan fans in general. I know that not everyone feels the same way. And I think that that came out and I I don't really think it needs to relate to how people react on message boards or how fans act to each other and stuff like that. It's it's more about, you know, there's not a lot of opportunities for us to show this and this was an opportunity to kind of show how we really feel.
1: Yeah, guys yeah, says Ron Betty says on Facebook. I like both schools until the D'Antonio era. <laughs> uh, is that is, is that when it's because you said in the last decade, I, I yeah. guess, uh, you know, when when did it switch and people were giving that guy flack for a sign?
0: I I don't know, man. Yeah, people, I, uh, that's what I've heard. I, I'm trying to I look thought it was there. a great sign. I, I thought, thought it was f- a great sign. I thought it was a great sign. I'm actually, I don't want to hurt myself here, but I wanted to like make a t-shirt out of it and I was going to try to talk to the guy. But um, <laughs> I mean, I, the 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 rivalry has been like that at least since I was in college. I went to the 99 Michigan-Michigan State game. The, the one with mm-hmm. Tom Brady almost brought us back after Henson was, was no good. And they had to use David Terrell as a cornerback. You remember that one? <laughs> I that do. Stop Plaxico. Same. So I was sitting in the student section. I was a student. My brother was a, was a freshman at State. So I went and sat with him in the in the student section of Michigan State. And they uh, they were giving me a really hard time. Someone grabbed my hat and threw it over the side of the building. Um, like, it was... It was rough, and I wasn't used, I wasn't prepared for that because I'd gone to Michigan State games a couple times growing up, and you know sat with alumni and rooted for Michigan, and my dad rooted for Michigan even though we went to State. There was like not a thing, but it was definitely a thing in in there. It's just I don't know. I don't want. I don't think today needs to be a talk about the, discuss- the 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 tenor of the rivalry between Michigan and Michigan State. Like I said, is not important. What's important is the real feelings, and the real feelings are what what we showed.
1: Well, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, folks, and maybe it's being naive or Pollyanna-ish, hopefully uh, this helped bring some perspective at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a game, man. Uh, The rivalry is supposed to be fun. The back and forth is supposed to be fun. I understand not everyone takes it just in fun. Hopefully uh, more can have some perspective, though, uh, about what it really is when you're rooting for a team or rooting against another. It's not you really, really hate them. I don't know how you hate someone over you know oh, man, over sporting, a sport. but anyway, yeah. anyway. There was a game that was played. Yes. Yeah. Guys, and we could talk about we could talk about Doug McDaniel, how he started the game. We can talk about the you know the the clutch shots that you know Kobe very efficient. He seems to be settling into that role. Like he's comfortable with the ball in his hands in in clutch situations or in a shot clock situations, right? But to me, biggest storyline out of that game for Michigan other than they yes. actually closed one out was Terrace Reed. <laughs> yeah. Terrace Reed. I, I call it the Terrace Reed game, fellas. And if I'm Michigan, I'm coming out of that contest saying my best lineup is my two big lineup and am, my am, am overstating things?
2: No, it is their best lineup. And it became apparent in that game that it is, you know, the, the only issue is, and some people have minimized this and maybe they're right is, is that if, if you get into any kind of foul trouble with, with your, with your front court early, now you have no backup center. And I mean, and, and that, and that poses some, some problem. And now some people have said, well, so what, you just got to go that way, go with your best team. And maybe they're right. I don't know. You know, the, the big, well, the one thing about Tom Izzo that I agree with on this game, I hardly ever agree with a single word he says is uh, he said that Kobe shot, uh, when the game was tied, the three, when he was sort of, you know, seemed a little off balance and, you know, he called that a quote one in a thousand shot. Brilliant I think. Right. And, and he was wrong of course, yeah, because Kobe, Kobe, if you watch Kobe and you watch Cassie Russell, you're going to see identical shots. Uh, and it's a very unusual and right shot. A shoots the ball very flat. B Shoots the ball with incredible rotation. And to me, that's how a basketball should be shot. Reasonably flat, incredible rotation. And, and, and Kobe, you watch the spin and how tight the spin is when it comes off his hand. It's pristine. And that's how Cassie Russell shot it. And that's why that, that shot was not one in a thousand. You know, that, sh- that shot was something he's going to make a lot. Be, be, because his mechanics are spectacularly good,
1: yeah, and what I and give him credit—he made a one in a thousand side. Basically, why are you giving him credit? You saying he's lucky? You're
0: yeah, right. I lucky. mean,
1: that's what it's what Izzo always is, says. I mean, every give Izzo them press conference give them, is
0: why the I universe mean, is th- conspiring th- th- against Tom Izzo.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what Izzo always says. Give them credit—they were lucky. <laughs> I mean,
0: okay, that's but, but I do want to say uh, something, know. Craig. Craig, you are absolutely wrong about one thing. What's it was that? not this game when it became apparent that we needed that Terrace Reed at the four was their best lineup. Well, it was, it was, it was a Wisconsin game. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, because, you know, Ter- um, Terrace Williams is out. And, you know, I, we're going to love Shedder. Like, he's he's just such an energy guy. He made, <laughs> can't play deep. But... His limitations <laughs> when you play him 26 minutes are very apparent. And I don't think that's gonna change. I mean he can get bigger and stronger, but like when he's got a, an easy dish for a slam and all he can get out uh. of that is get fouled and then he misses the two shots. It's like Ah okay. I mean Terrace Reed's making the shots. <laughs> but like to to Sam's point there, you know, Terrace Reed gets in foul trouble. He commits a lot of, you know, he commits a lot of them and, and he's just a magnet for them even if he doesn't commit them. And at Wisconsin, the way they were fishing that game, Michigan was going to get hit by anything that the referees could imagine. That is the worst officiated game I've seen in a decade. Okay. As far as it, one well, It
2: was yeah. one ref though. Yeah. Yeah. It, and that it, guy's always It, it that was guy Kissinger. Is, yeah, it was Kip Kissinger. Who's and when a Kip stiff. Kissinger,
0: we already know this. When Kip Kissinger is yeah. out there, Michigan's not going to get a fair shake. That's All right, correct. when that guy's out there, change it changes the game. Count ten, fifteen points for the other team automatically. That guy just—that's yeah. how he's going to be. Um, but and, but as far as like how, what decisions you make, you're responsible for you, right? The Decisions Michigan makes are if we put Terrace Reed out there against Wisconsin, they're going to foul him up out in thirty seconds. So. I I think that was what the thinking was there, and you go home against Michigan State. Rivalry games—they usually swallow the whistles. In rivalry games, they usually swallow the whistle. In Michigan State games, they um, usually give you a little more benefit of the doubt in a home game. That is the situation where you can really use Terrace Reed a lot more because his fouling is the problem, right? That's when he gets fouled. You can't, so you can't really have him on the court. I know he's been making some more foul shots. I think I actually have. Just real quick, I think I figured out what they did. I think they had him step back. Watch when he shoots a, foul, a free throw. Mm. I think yeah, he's shooting yeah, he's... from like a foot behind the line now, and he was shooting yeah. too hard before. So maybe that was the answer. They just kind of moved him back a little bit, and that solved it. Um, but yeah, that's that's the Terrace Reed bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Two, so two things on, on those points. Number one, you're right. Then Terrace seems to be a foul magnet. I mean, mm. even in even when it's not against Wisconsin, that's why at the halftime. The Michigan State game, is like, man, this incumbent that he stay out of foul track, need him to be on the floor. Yeah. Now, at the end of the Wisconsin game, though, yeah. we talked about this. Yeah. I mean, at that point, you yeah. know, just throw your best lineup out there, and he wasn't on the floor. Now, we, Juwan talked about it after the game because he left him on the floor against Michigan State. He said, it wasn't the first time that I've left him or had him on the floor at the end of the game. So uh, m- maybe that was – I can't remember when it was, but I take him at his word. But it was noteworthy. And noticeable, the contrast wasn't on the floor at the end of the Wisconsin game, was on the floor at the end of this game, even when Will Cheddar, who had a a bad first half, he comes out in the second half, though, and actually has, you know, a good second half. So, you you know, you could could see how it might work in his mind. Well, maybe you have Will on the floor uh, at the end. He still, he went with Terrace because Terrace was giving it to you on both ends of the floor. Uh, And that, that is another distinction. It's not just, he can finish plays. He's rebounding the basketball, but look at his activity defensively, not just being able to step out on the perimeter and kind of stay with guys a little bit, but coming over and and blocking shots, uh, Craig, it was noticeable.
2: Yeah, he, uh, he's going to be a really good player for Michigan, uh, And if he isn't already beginning to get there, uh, in the uh, Michigan State game, I think he had 10, yeah, 10 rebounds in 23 minutes. If he plays an ordinary 30 minutes a game, 32 minutes a game, he's going to average over 10 rebounds a game. He's a very instinctive rebounder. He has very good hands. What does he do wrong? He's the anti-Jawan Howard. For those of you that saw Jawan Howard play, you know that He was not a great athlete, but he was technically proficient. And he managed to, he always had the, he made himself as tall as possible. He was always standing straight up and the ball was always way over his head. Mm -hmm. So he always seemed even taller than the 6'10 or so that he was. Uh, Terrace is the opposite. He gets the ball, he brings it down to his waist and he ducks his shoulder he makes himself on the offensive end as small as he can be. And, and he needs in the, in the, in the next year, this is the number one thing he has to do. He has, he has to work on keeping the ball over his head and making himself tall and not bringing himself down to where people can slap away at the ball. And, uh, and it should be possible because Juwan was better than any other player I've ever seen at doing that. Um, and, uh, but Terrace is an incredible athlete with great hands. And, uh, you know, I would love it if uh, Hunter is, would be coming back next year because now you would have an easy front court rotation because mm-hmm. regardless of what Brian thinks, uh, Papa Conte can play and will be able to play early because Papa Conte can D up. I mean, regardless of what his offense is going to look like early, that kid is a defender. And he's got a seven-four wingspan, and he knows how to play defensively around the basket. So you have a perfect rotation now with 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 those those three guys. And it's an old-fashioned rotation because you're going to go too big. And Hunter can play the four. Mm-hmm. Hunter is fine at the four. Hunter is right now our best three-point
0: shooter. I think he's. I think he's. Yeah. No, look. On offense, look he can, yeah. Yeah. on offense he can play the yeah. four. On defense, yeah. though, the point well, is and- Harris Reed can play the four. And, that's correct. And that's what's that's been correct. really so, eye-opening so, this last couple of games.
2: Yeah. And so it's a really a perfect rotation if you've got one more guy. The problem is Will Cheddar is not that guy. He's, he, he will be, already is okay on offense, and, and I think will be a better offensive player as it goes along. But he can't play any defense. He's too small to play against a big guy, and, and his feet are too, are, are, are too slow to play against a smaller
1: guy. So, so last one on this to to wrap yeah. up the discussion and and get to a break because I want to get over yeah. to some spring football. Okay. So, pretty good bet that Terrence Williams is back tonight, right? Um, I don't know yeah. what that means in terms of his minutes tonight, but I, I'm looking at moving forward here down the stretch, however long they play, uh, depending on how they do down the stretch. I'm I'm curious deep how in you NIT, guys, Sam,
0: deep in the NIT.
1: Well,
2: hey,
1: whatever whatever <laughs> no, it is. No, no,
2: I'm not I'm not there yet. I I think they still have a shot.
1: All right. So however long it is they play, how do you adjust these these minutes now? Because to me, I'm I'm I don't want to take away minutes from Terrace. Now obviously I mean you could take away some from from Will. Ultimately, maybe you take away some from uh you have to take away some from T Will as a result. And I wonder Ira made this point, it's like, you know, maybe maybe the pressure. Of of expectation um, is part of what has diminished the the returns for for Terrence uh, for Terrence for T. Will. You, you look at last year, he shot he shot the ball really well, but with volume and expectation, those numbers have taken a massive dip. If he's not expected to be that guy anymore, maybe his production goes up. And you know, obviously, with the minutes you've been giving Terrence lately. That that's been positive. I think you can make a case for, don't mess with Ter- uh, with uh, with Terrence's minutes just because T. Will is back. Maybe you know take away, uh, diminish uh, uh, Will's role, and then you know maybe you push T. Will down a little bit. What say you?
0: Yeah, I mean, first of all, Terrence Williams' shot it does not look great. Like he comes down by his ear, and he kind of he, he shoots like a big, and it takes him a while to get that shot off. You remember, it's I think slow. he misses like first 17 shots or something like that of his career to the point where they can sag off of him. I don't think anything's going to change that. He just, you know, he's going to go on streaks. He's a 30% shooter. Sometimes it's going to look like a 25%. Sometimes it's going to look like a 35%. Threes are just weird like that. Um, and even when he was starting, he wasn't getting 75% of minutes. He was getting 65% of minutes. So there's plenty of room. And that's been their problem. They just didn't know who to put in after him. I think now you have Terrace Reed. That's your guy. And I don't know how. I hope Jets' ankle is fine and that, you know, he'll be able to be be, be full go this time. But, like, he's. I'm almost looking more. I'm not worried about Terrence Williams, like his his minutes and Terrace Reed's w- w- minutes. Because between playing center and playing four, you're going to have Terrace Reed on the court at least 50% of the game. And that's probably the sweet spot for him right now. Right? Because otherwise he's going to foul out, um, and then that leaves plenty <laughs> of room for Terrence Williams, Cheddar. He can be your eighth guy again. That's all he should be right now. I'm more worried about like Jet. Because I mean, did anyone else notice that Michigan won that game after Jet got hurt? Well, <laughs> it was
2: yeah, it was tied when he went out. It was forty six forty six when he went out, uh-huh. and it's and it stayed tied until uh, uh, Kobe hit his quote one in a thousand shot. And and then I think they came down and they hit another three. I can't recall. I think oh, Hunter, Hunter, did. Hunter yeah. hit a three, made it. I think seventy eight, seventy. I think it was seventy two, seventy two. When when the when the first three was made, then Hunter hit the second three. There's a minute to go. Michigan's up six, and that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, I do. Do we have to do a break? Because I have
1: we, a, we, a... we do we do. But see, I I, I want to use the break to transition to football. Like, we can yeah. we can finish on this. Thought. Okay. <laughs> Go, I guess with with if you look at what the, the way that things have unfolded
0: mm-hmm.
1: for Jet this year, he's had some tremendous shooting games. Mm-hmm. And in mm-hmm. those games where he shot the ball really well, a byproduct of that is he has been really, really good getting to the basket, too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But on those nights where his jump shot isn't falling, you, you had you haven't really seen him do other things. OK, and my shot's not falling. Let me. Let me get to the free throw. Let me get to the bucket. Let me get to the free throw line. It just, he tends to kind of settle for shooting jump shots. What I liked about him in this game was the jump shot was not falling. Yeah. And Jet was doing other things. I, I think to the transition defense, he played, he stopped the ball. Mm. He, he picks up, he blocks a shot. We're like, okay, look at Jet play. <laughs> I mean, it, it sticks out when you see him playing defense. And then on the other side, he hits the offensive glass, gets a put back and one. So he was doing other things in this game, even when his jump shot wasn't far. It was not a good shooting night. You know, you hope that that's a sign uh, of things to come because they they need him to do other things. They need him to provide more than just shooting for the team. And he was doing some of that in this context.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is something I wanted to bring up. Um, Jet is a remarkable shooter. And unfortunately, he also takes some whoppers. and. And I, it's hard to criticize it though, since he's so good at it, right? Sometimes he makes shots where you say, oh man, I wish he wasn't taking that one. It goes in. And, uh, and so he, he, he does have a remarkable ability to shoot from distance. However, let's be honest. Aside from that, uh, he, he's not been a great basketball player. He's, I think Mac D said he's quote unplayable. Because uh, if I'm misquoting Matt D, I forgive him. Yeah, on, but,
0: on uh, zone. I think it was unplayable. Yeah, on yeah
2: zone. and, and yeah. well, but we shouldn't be playing zone anyway. I don't get that <laughs> one. But the you know the uh, we this is a t- uh, a player who really struggles on defense in general, and he doesn't rebound. Doug is a better rebounder than, than uh, who's a foot shorter is is a better rebounder than Jet, and um, and so, but in the Michigan State game it was like all of a sudden a light bulb went on it was like oh wait a minute he played some good defense there he was in position there he was paying attention he wasn't like spinning around like a top and uh and so it showed that you know maybe that's all there and maybe you know he is just a freshman now he ain't going to be here next year from the rumors the rumors are he's gone as is hunter but that's just rumors, who knows, in the college basketball world these days. But, you know, I felt like you did, Sam, that's, that all of a sudden it was like some things just sort of lit up for him, and he wasn't a liability, even though he had a, a poor shooting game. And I think even at the beginning of the year, uh, Jawan made some comment about, well, we're just going to have to play Jet because I don't know where our scoring's coming from. Right, and uh, and he's the guy who can score, and he is a guy who can score. But the rest of his game has been a little tough. One thing about, t- I mean, Seth was right when he talked about Terrace in the Wisconsin game. That was a game we gave up 15 offensive rebounds, at least officially. I think it was a couple more than that. It's and he gets uh, like
0: four a game. You, yeah, the worst, the the,
2: the worst uh, offensive rebounding team. And I went back and looked at it and thought, okay, there was a lot of bricks that ended up in the corner you know that weren't really reboundable and but it turns out that was maybe one or two at most and but when Terrace was in with Hunter I don't think Wisconsin got a single offensive rebound not you know and so with that lineup was not was not giving up anything uh with with Terrace and Hunter and during that game. So, yeah, uh Seth's correct. I mean, the, it became obvious in the Wisconsin game uh, the direction you had to go well, as, yes, as, aside from, you know, figuring out how to not have Kip Kissinger refing our games. Well, it,
1: it also became obvious that you you talked about the light bulb for for Jet. It was mm-hmm. clear to me that in practice they were they looked at the guards and wings especially mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. like, man, this is some BS. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I'm sure that's what it's like. I mean, we just let these dudes rebound all over us like that. And yeah. so you saw, I, I felt like you saw those guys doing a better job of boxing out in this game because this Michigan State, you know, every guy is practicing rebounding the drills in Michigan State, right? They were and plus eight. Guys, they were right.
2: plus eight in offensive rebounds in the Michigan State game. And the one thing that Izzo's teams do, uh, is aside rebound. from clutch and grab, is, is they rebound. You that know. team goes to the boards, and they always have. I That's mean, why
1: good, I I, I you know. feel like Jed included. You said it's like a light bulb went on. Yeah. To me, it was they must have browbeat the hell out of them. Like, and hey, this is some, <laughs> and you you could kind of hear it. And yeah. Juwan said in the press conference, "This on, right, it's unacceptable." And and Phil yeah. was in the in the interview yesterday. Yeah, it's like, man, we let like, this is weak. That's on me as a coach. That's on Juwan as a coach. That's on all the players. You got to take that personally. The way we played against Wisconsin. Yeah. Was unacceptable. And, and they played like that against Michigan State. Agreed. So uh, we need to get to a break though, because we need to transition to uh, spring ball. Uh, some already some noteworthy things like Amarion Walker, yeah. cornerback. Yeah. What do you feel <laughs> you, you had about? predicted
2: that, Sam. What <laughs> what you, you had predicted that about? two months ago, I think.
1: <laughs> so we'll get to that and much more here on the Michigan Insider of Sports Talk 1050 W T K A the ticket, all right yep. yeah the um the uh the spring sort of plan is for him to play corner exclusively yeah and then yeah. you know <laughs> see how it goes uh he'll still be able to you know he he's too he's too fast he's too freaky to not have some um, shot plays in for him on offense yeah uh, but i think i think that this whole wide receiver db thing the The idea behind it is he's going to be a corner and if you
2: uh, pick it up you you I recall maybe not on air, maybe it was during a break two months ago where you where you had predicted that, so you you get full marks on that one and yeah with if he can actually play there then and if the kid from illinois uh, I've forgotten his name. The f- freshman.
0: Oh, uh, oh you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Jire, Jire
1: Hill. Jire, Jire, yeah, Jire. yeah,
2: I mean, uh, corner is a place where you can play early. It's not like coming in at offensive line or you know other positions. I, I I've mean, been warning
0: you about this though. Michigan yeah. runs more complicated secondary than. Yeah, all the uh, you did in the say country. that, and. Yeah. They, because they run a lot of different things. It's not just mm-hmm. pattern match. It's not just okay. cover three. It's not just cover one. They they do a lot of different things back there. They they have a whole cover two set in there. They'll bring out quarters. They'll do cover six. So they're running a, an NFL-style secondary. And Jire Hill was a free safety last year. He's behind on cornerback. Now, remember Will Johnson, who has played... Cornerback since he was three, right? Like he's yeah. he's gone against everybody. Like anyone who ever came yeah. to Detroit, he was on the entire circuit. Like he's played everybody. And Will Johnson needed more than half the season to work his way into the lineup mm-hmm. to, to the point where he was not going to be flubbing things. And when he was on the field, I caught him doing freshman things all the time because it's such a it's, it's a complicated defense. Now they could simplify it because you know you've got Will Johnson on one side, you could just man those guys up and say like okay if these guys can play man we got this but Jair Hill is not going to know even the man technique as well as most cornerbacks coming in
1: yeah he he benefits and so so two things great point uh because that's my biggest question about yeah. Jair you know the the conditioning of Will Johnson for this moment as a freshman mm-hmm. has been going on for a long time a long yeah. time now Jair's dad is college football player too but it is different it was different for Will because Deion had him out there in middle school, yeah, against uh, against you know all American guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Devin Punches so went against
0: him. Devin Funchess yeah. was like, "Hey, I remember that kid going against me." Like, <laughs> everyone, every name that's come through Detroit. Aaron Burbridge and him used to like go out at each other, and like, yeah, those man. guys are like yeah. four or five years older than, or old more than that. How much older than? And, then, and then the other yeah. thing
1: is, you know, Will is a like he is a film guy. Like he is, mm-hmm. uh, he pours over film like a quarterback. Yeah. So, you know, it, I don't know that, I don't think, I'm not expecting Jair to be able to to, to do what Will, did, yeah. what Will did as a freshman. Now, I think Jair, by the time his career is over, is going to show himself to be a top 50 talent. I just don't think it's going to show up right now. But Amarion Walker is a freaky athlete. And he, he'll benefit from, at least he got his, feet wet in the defense last year. Uh, it was a, a fraction of the defense mm-hmm. to your point, Seth, because you know the first game we saw, I was doing a show with Vance. He said, I've been ready in about 20 seconds, guys. He was like, this new defense coordinator is a DB guy. And I said, how'd you know? He said, I can see by their disguise. I can see everything they do in the secondary, I can see by their disguise, he's a DB guy. <laughs> right? So you know, you are giving all of that to Marion Walker mm-hmm. right now. But he got his feet wet and now he goes through the full spring. Man, if he could pick it up, guys,
0: he, he can pick it up. He Dang. did play receiver And by corner, guys, corner we're coming back on radio. He did, but yeah.
1: Well, I mean,
2: we're who getting, else
1: do they back. have? I mean, so Amarion Walker. Gonna play corner this uh this spring, almost exclu- exclusively. Uh, I imagine that there'll still be some some uh you know some wide
0: receiver reps here or there, but Ron Bellamy is not this, letting him go. They Ron Bellamy would like he would say hey man, protest if they told him he couldn't have him in his room. Well, at all. Hey, look, I think he's <laughs> he's
1: a team guy. He's a team guy above all. I mean, begrudgingly,
0: uh, is he is he looking at this move? Sure, but I mean, he understands. He day, played a little cornerback in his time too. Remember, he, he that did, this, game this, this, like yeah this, that, that ninety nine. machine this, this, today this, this game. different. I think Ron will
1: even tell you yeah uh, this this guy from a corner he went to Alabama's camp ran some insane 40 in front of Nick Saban and Nick Nick Saban followed him around the whole camp and had him work out had him work out at DB and Nick Saban offered him as a corner and that's when he oh, really? that's when the buzz really really took off about Amarion Walker right was when when Nick Saban said hey I'm and Nick Saban is a defensive guy and he's a DB guy and he said I am offering you 64 175, 180 pounds at the time, I'm offering you as a corner. And so that tells you two things. Number one, this dude is a freaky athlete. And number two, his potential is next level. And the guy that's a comparable talent to me and has a comparable path, I wrote about this, is Tariq Woolen from the Seattle Seahawks. He wound up being a fifth-round pick out of a UTSA. How did did you not say
0: Richard Sherman here?
1: No, 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 because Richard, (laughs) Richard Sherman... Richard Sherman was a great all pro player, uh-huh. no doubt. Uh-huh. Richard Sherman can't run like a Marion Walker in his dreams. Mm-hmm. He, he can't wow. run like this. He absolutely is not a speed. Tariq Woolen, on the other hand, is a better comparison. Now, Tariq Woolen might not ever, he might not amount to the player over time that Richard Sherman has mm-hmm. am- amounted to. But fifth round pick out of UTSA, 6'4. Uh, at the combine, he was 6'4, like 210. So he started out like 6'4, 180 as a receiver. Red shirts his first year, moves to corner his red shirt sophomore year, starts at corner starting in his red shirt junior year, and then becomes an all conference guy in his final year at UTSA. He at the combine is 6'4, 210 pounds, ran a 4'2, 640 and a 7 1 shuttle. Now they they had questions about what is that gonna be. He's at UTSA, so on and so forth. He goes out and ties for the lead league league lead in interceptions, and is an all all rookie team member. That's who. That's that's this kid's ceiling as an athlete. I don't know if he's gonna be that even you know over time, but I'm telling you, he has that kind of athleticism. It's a spitting image. My biggest question about him is how quickly now that he gets the full defensive playbook, Seth. Mm-hmm. To your point. He got a fraction of it last year. He was in he was a bit player on defense. How fast does he pick it up? And how physical is he on defense? I, I've never I've seen him play corner and do drills and that kind of thing. I've never seen him make a tackle. So I can't <laughs> speak to what he's gonna be physically. Uh that's what we gotta wait to find that out.
2: Isn't another question of what does Jaden McBurrows do in this in the spring? Uh, cause isn't he the other competitor there at that spot? I assume so. I mean, and I, and he's been hurt mostly by my understanding. So... I like insane. Jayden. Okay.
1: I like Jaden. I, I think you... you Competition, man. I mean, you can't yeah. just have... <laughs> you got to have a you need Mario You three Walker, guys. Genick you don't need two guys. One.
0: You need three right. guys out there. And, and Saber still has got nickel locked down, but like you're going to need... They had, they had a rotation last year, right? They needed Will Johnson last year, especially because they lost Jermon Green for a little bit. You're not going to get through a season... With two cornerbacks that does not happen
2: right right, right. agreed that's yeah. what i'm saying so they they need walker but and and but they need jair jair hill or mcburrows
0: to also start to yeah. show that they let can me, let me translate a little spring game ease for you okay? okay um they need somebody and that's the thing they they tr like they couldn't get uh was igman Noson the the end of going to ohio state right. like you know they yeah. they wanted to get a transfer. They they played the portal and they didn't get a guy. Um, they wanted to get one of their guys to return. They lost both of them. So that's that's a hole. And so he, he, here's the thing. To your point,
1: to 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 address this though, I think even if they had gotten Egmenosin, that Amari on Walker
0: was going was, over was, sure. was going over. Sure, I don't think they'd be talking, talking about it as, the, as the headline of the spring.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> talking, into into that, talking that. to talking to down in in um or out in phoenix i was asking about are you going to play the portal are you going to play the portal mm-hmm. I Said, i mean we're going to look in the portal uh, he said but i feel pretty good about what we have here and i'm thinking to myself okay i i like jay mcburrows too and i think he's a guy that competes at that position i know he's physical like that's mm-hmm. one dude i know is going to tackle i know it's going to be a factor in the run game right you want to make sure that he has the discipline in in coverage right that that's that was kind of the thing about hey why isn't he playing more uh, than he played uh, coming off the injury uh, they physically he was back but they wanted to make sure he wasn't gonna bust and because this was an extremely sound secondary from that standpoint and they didn't feel like he was ready to not go out there uh, and and be sound in the defense if he can be sound in the defense he is a major factor at that at that position but it can't just be him like who else are you are you looking at. You see, you got Miles Pollard coming up, but yeah. he, he hasn't played. Where is the, the confidence coming from? Are you going to move Mikey Sane, Ristol, and have him play some more corner and, no and play one of the safeties at nickel? But yeah. I think, going back to it, Seth or, and Craig, I think he was thinking at that time, I'm going to go get to <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go steal the Mario for from Rob <laughs> Bellamy. I think that's what Cleek was thinking at that time when he was able to get his man.
2: Uh, yeah. This raises a question about wide receiver. Of course. I mean, they've got CJ and Roman Wilson to be the sort of staples. And I suspect that it means Henning will have a greater opportunity in the offense. Uh, but what about this kid? They just gave a scholarship to Harbaugh or someone called him, uh, the next Cooper cup last year in the early fall. And, and they just gave him a scholarship now. And, uh,
0: well I I got to know guys with scholarships in the spring all the time. So that's that, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
2: Sam's yeah. rolling his eyes. He doesn't look like I
1: mean, he he what what's uh what was the uh BYU quarterback that's it with, uh, with the uh with the uh with the Saints. I'm trying to remember the dude's name. Oh, oh yeah, uh,
2: Taysom, uh, Hill? Taysom Hill. Taysom
1: Hill. Oh, okay. And remember they had Taysom Hill in in practice. He said that about one of the uh uh, I can't remember 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 the backup quarterback who who wound up moving on. The kid that got out of New York who transferred uh and he was calling him to so I'm not you know I'm not caught up in 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 that I think that th- the receiver position you're feeling like a a you know a fifth year Cornelius Johnson uh a a Roman Wilson that that comes back and you know I just felt like you know he is with a veteran um with a veteran J.J. McCarthy, mm-hmm. I feel like it is time for Roman Wilson to be more of a focal point offensively. I mm-hmm. thought he was their, I thought he was their best deep threat last year, and he he wasn't always the guy going deep, mm-hmm. right? I I thought early in the season some of those deep shots, it, it was about who was running the deep, you know, the deep routes. You know, more of those shots to to Roman, I think, are in store. So you're expecting him to really step up. I think with A.J. Henning. I think he, he, it's a wait and see with him. I think he's waiting to see how things go in spring ball to kind of assess where he mm-hmm. goes from here. But remember, guys, you got some, you got some other young talent at the position. Yeah. I think they're really excited about Darius Clemens. I think they're really excited about Tyler Morris. I mean, you, yeah, you got right. some other horses in the stable.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's right. And, and the one thing about CJ is, is he is phenomenal with the ball in his hands. He he is a a really good yards after catch guy, and and so I'm I'm happy when the balls when the ball's getting out to him because he he can break plays, and uh, so yeah, and with uh, Morris and and uh, Walker, I guess that yeah there there are some bodies there. Someone's and got a breakthrough
1: or Henning, mm-hmm. and, it's and Donovan Edwards,
2: and
0: Donovan Edwards, and Donovan, Donovan, Donovan Edwards.
2: Edwards. Right. right, you're right because he <laughs> in the in the NFL he's going to be as valuable as a pass catcher as he is a runner. Maybe more oh, yeah. valuable.
1: I,
0: mean, the gonna, I heard, they're going to do some stuff yeah, with the him. The
1: story I heard is when when word that Blake was coming back when that mm-hmm. was official. I heard immediately. Donovan was like, hey, let, "Hey, I need to get some receiver reps. <laughs> let, me, let me be in the receiver room a little bit. I want yeah. I to make sure I get my reps up." My
0: my but, comment then was, "AJ Henning is more worried than uh, than than uh, Donovan Edwards." <laughs> like yeah, as far as yeah. gonna, who who lost out in that deal? That's that's an AJ yeah. Henning problem. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean Donovan has got nothing to worry
2: about vis-a-vis his future NFL prospects because mm-hmm. people are going to see that what he can really do is catch catch the ball out of the backfield and that's that's a skill the NFL wants. I mean they're less concerned about running backs and more concerned running ability and more concerned about But he a when he's the
0: star running back, right Craig? He doesn't he shouldn't go to the NFL right away. He should he should well, spend as a <laughs> star and try to win the Heisman and come back as a senior just like Blake <laughs> Let me check with Jay Fred on that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's some interesting stuff. And so uh my latest behind the uniform episode we'll, we'll release it next week. It'll be with Zach Zinner. And he's like, man, Drake Nugent. He's like, This yep. this dude fits right now. You know, Olu is Olu. Uh, but he and so he's not like it's not like he's sitting there predicting that this dude's gonna come in and be a Remington Award winner, but he said, Hey, super strong. You know, a lot of the same uh, characteristics in in terms of his tenaciousness just really making a good impression out the out the gate on the rest of the guys. They're they're feeling like they're not going to miss a beat.
2: They could be better. I mean, if Jeffrey Percy can do something in the spring and they can move uh, the kid from Arizona over to right tackle. Cause that was got well, some offensive good right line.
0: tackles too, man. They got. Trent I know Jones, we have Carson good Bart right tackles. Hey, what what Miles,
2: Miles Hinton? And uh, Miles he, Hinton, I, I'm gonna guess he's redshirted. <laughs> None no, of us I'm to believe Hinton, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, and and but and and they're gonna try and get him back to where his potential is. Mm-hmm. And the but if you look at this offensive line, the one thing, well, Seth will know more than me. The one thing that seemed problematic was pass pro at right tackle. And last year, and I think they might be able Whoa, to. You that know what? One out. Trenta, Let's see what how Trente comes and back. We don't, yeah, and let's we have Trente. Yeah, I mean he he has got a, the feet for it. He just needs to get some. Yeah. Jobs. So this right, offensive folks, line we, is, you know,
1: should be great. We are out of time. Always a spirited discussion. Appreciate you, fellas. Uh, we'll pick up this spring conversation again next week. Uh, Be sure to join us tomorrow, though, here on the Michigan Insider on Sports Talk 1050 WTK. The Ticket, the official voice of University of Michigan Sports Ann Arbor, a Cumulus Station.